he just blotted out. He just said, oh my God, like he can't wait to leave Nigeria. So in a drunken state, I was like, leave Nigeria. What are you talking about? So I asked him, I said, to where? He said, Canada, that he's leaving this nonsense country. He's leaving for Canada. So he said that, you know, while he was drunk, mm-hmm. you know, norm- normally, in most cases, mm-hmm. Nigerians, when they are planning to leave, they, they don't will tell you. Yeah. They don't tell you, right? Until so, they arrived, yeah. <laughs> Today I have with me David Ojenka of The Fresh Start Hub. He is an extraordinary human being, one who, every time you talk to him, you will just get inspired to do more with your life, to push further. He's a natural, motivational person. And um, I wanted to talk to him because his story of resilience through job search as an immigrant is inspiring, but he's also had the privilege of interviewing CEOs, VPs of major Canadian companies. He most recently spoke with the CEO of Deloitte in Canada here. And I mean, he's just having access to people who have done great things with their careers while being immigrants themselves or just while having interesting life journeys um, so far. So I wanted to bring him on to talk to you and share his own experience. And, you know, from there, we'll learn what we're going to learn from his story and also be inspired to keep going when life gets difficult. So please join me as we put our hands together for David Jenka. My very first question is an interesting one. It's like, if the David that moved here 10 years ago could see you now, your job, your family, how life is going, what do you think he would say? He would say that God indeed exists. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Because I had no idea how my life was going to turn out. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I was a person of faith, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that in ten years I will be here. Mm-hmm. I just knew that my life would be better, but I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. So, um, looking back, I would say the 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 David of ten years ago would say, God is indeed alive. Your journey sounds like you you didn't expect to be where you are. So what's a bit of your backstory? If you could just take us right back to the beginning. How did you grow up? Um, how did you get here where you are right now? What's, what's that journey been like? So I grew up in a family of seven, my father, my mom, and okay. five children. Got it. Um, we, didn't, we didn't have um, the, the good things of life um, in the sense that we, didn't have access to a lot of a lot of things mm-hmm. um, as a child growing up. It was really challenging, very mm-hmm. tough. It was really tough, and um, I used to. I remember back then growing up. I used to think to myself. I used to ask a lot of questions as a child. That you know, why is it that those people um, could um, get a better lease of life and we couldn't? Um, why is it that you know those kids, their parents had cars and our own parents didn't have? Um, so there were so many questions. Why is it that you know they could provide for their family and we couldn't? Even at the age of nine, mm-hmm. um, the landlord of the house we were renting kicked us out. Oh wow! And um, we had to move to the rural part of town. I grew up in a city called. Ibado in in Oyo State in Nigeria, and we're living in the urban side of town, but the landlord kicked us out because the reason why I remember very clearly was because it was close to my 
I was nine years old at the time. And my mom was saying that I'm going to be 10 in the, in the next couple of months. And that, you know, she would do something to celebrate it. So I was really looking forward to that. So that made me remember it. And we moved to the rural side of town where there was no electricity for the first three years of being in that, in that three area. Years. There was no transformer. Um, so it wasn't, it was really tough, very challenging growing up. So, um, but then I went to university in my third year. I have always had a very good friend who, you know, is one of my best friends, the amazing guy. Um, his brother, um, is an engineer at Chevron. So we used to go to Lagos for vacation to his brother's house because he had a very he had a very beautiful house. He was yeah. staying in VGC, oh, nice. um, you know, one of the um, posh area of of Lagos, yeah. um, Nigeria. So I I was living there. It was my first exposure to affluence in the sense that not that they provided me, they gave me a lot, mm -hmm. they gave me money. He never, um, they didn't give me money, but it gave me the opportunity to be in an environment mm -hmm. of of wealthy people. So um, he had a friend who became, who took interest in me. He was a civil engineer. Mm -hmm. He was doing civil engineering construction. So I became, um, I was, I was, I was working closely with him. He liked me. And so I was um, like construction project manager for him. And, you know, he just, he just took interest in me. You know, he saw that I had the drive, the hunger. So I worked with him a couple of, a couple of years before I then um, um, wanted out of Nigeria. I knew that, you know, I couldn't continue living my life in Nigeria because it's what we're, what the construction we're doing. It's not something that was sustainable. It also, it's not something that I see myself doing for, for, for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I applied to come to, to do my, um, my a postgraduate diploma in, in Canada. And, um, fortunately for me, um, I, I was given a visa. The reason why I said fortunately for me that I was given a visa is because my mom, I used my mom's account who, retired as a public primary primary teacher, mm -hmm. primary school teacher. So she was not making so much. And, you know, that was the account I used. And um, fortunately for me, I was given the visa. So, and even at the time I was not born again, I wasn't a Christian. Uh, mm -hmm. My mom was, a, my mom has always been you know, um, a Christian. I was born in a Christian family. But when I say I wasn't a Christian was that I was <clears throat> following my parents to, 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 to church, but I wasn't mm -hmm. living out the lifestyle of a Christian. So I didn't see myself as a Christian. I didn't even want to be uh, associated with it because mm -hmm. I was really mad at God um, mm -hmm. as a young child because I was thinking to myself, because think about it. My mm -hmm. mom has always raised up to to pray like we pray whenever we are going to bed every night we pray whenever every we we do praying and fasting my my household was known more or less like oh those are the praying people okay. you know and we had neighbors that were not praying mm. you know they don't pray 
They don't go to church. Right. Their children are very like, you know, like they drink alcohol. They even they even encourage their children to drink alcohol. They buy alcohol. And I'm not saying that drinking alcohol is bad. Like it, it's it's it was in the sense that so I, I grew up in a very in, conservative in the day, essentially felt like they were doing everything. Yeah. So my mom is a very conservative Christian in the sense that she never the first time my mother ever wore a trouser was two years ago in her life when she came to canada you know so that's to tell you the kind of you know family i grew up in very conservative and so but we saw that they to me i saw that i had this internal conversation going on in my head you know they were thriving everything seemed to be working for them they had whatever they wanted when they needed it and we would pray and fast and go to church we go for conferences, convention. I remember, you know, we have yearly convention. We even sleep in church because my mom was serving in the choir. She was in the ushering department. So we're more or less like we're sleeping in the car during the convention, you know, because we would shower in the, in the church washroom. It was a very interesting time of my life, I would say. So because of all of that, and I was like, this God that we pray to must be really mean. And honestly, growing up as a child, I used to think that only poor people like are passionate about God. Um, so when again, I saw like going to university as an escape route, oh my goodness, finally, I have the opportunity not to even, you know, do this whole thing anymore. And, you know, so I, I, I was... I was mad at God, so I was I, I went as far as I could mm. away from Him. So when I graduated from university, and my friend's brother was, you know, I, I had the opportunity to be staying in one room, squat with my friend. He gave my friend one room, so and he's a very was he's a very nice person. He just allowed me to also stay with him. So both of us were staying together. So I was squatting with my friend who was. Who was also squatting with his brother basically oh they, they, gave him, they gave him one room yeah. so we were there and you know i was working with his friend and i eventually had opportunity to come to canada so when i came i i came to canada without i just saw coming to canada as an escape route honestly right. like i had no goal i had no dream i had no mm-hmm. aspiration as to what i wanted to do with myself i just knew that i wanted to get out of nigeria so <laughs> Um, so I left, came to Canada, and um, um, as God would have it, fortunately for me, four months after coming to Canada, I believe, I came to Canada in, in May, and I, you know, God saved me. Mm-hmm. God took took over my life in September, so May, June, July, August. So four months after I came to Canada, I had a personal encounter with God, and that was because nobody preached, nobody prayed to me about God. So it wasn't like I went to a church and the pastor's mouth was so sweet. Like it was so convincing that I thought, you know what, I'm going to give my life. But um, yeah, I I don't want to go into that now for the sake of our time. So I I became born again, September 13, Mm -hmm. 2013. That was the turning point for me because it's a turning point for me because that was when I started getting myself immersed in learning about God from a different perspective. Like, reading the bible for myself and learning about you know i read this book by by francis chan called crazy love Hmm. and that was you know um 
what's what what turned things around for me because it made me to see that you know there's a god that is actually crazy about me um so and then i started reading a lot of books a lot of i started with motivational books then i started reading leadership books mm-hmm. and um while i was doing all of that i was in college i was a mock college mm-hmm. doing um a one-year postgraduate diploma so after i finished um they said oh if you have to get if you if you want to get a three-year postgraduate what permits you need to do a two-year postgraduate diploma now and back then when we came 2013 if you you have to be in the country for at least six months before you can then apply for a postgraduate um oh we call it on they call it back then they call it on-campus work permit okay so you have to apply for an on-campus work permit after being here in six months so I was just burning because I didn't, I couldn't work. Mm. And I didn't want to do anything under the table. Yeah. Um, I was really, really afraid. I didn't want to blow the one chance. So it's not like I was born again when I came or I was, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm one of these Christians. Like, mm. oh, you know, I can do no wrong. No, yeah. I honestly didn't want to do, I didn't do under the table job because I saw coming to Canada as my one chance to escape the life of right. poverty yeah. and so i didn't want to blow that one chance so i didn't even want to try anything dubious or anything wrong that would then get me to be sent back to nigeria because when i left nigeria i left like i'm not coming back <laughs> here <laughs> okay. so um so yeah that was my journey to um coming to canada i don't know if that answered your question very much so and i hope i didn't interrupt you at the end did you want did you want to go no 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 continue no no okay first of all incredible journey that you had um you know from childhood to here and there's so many points to start i'm just like where do i start with this word okay um why did you feel like leaving nigeria was the ticket out like why did you maybe aspire aspire to you know being like your friend's brother that was working in chevron maybe you didn't ask for connections to work there with him like what made you feel like you had to leave the country to leave. So like, like, like I said, this is going to be like 100% transparency. Mm-hmm. So when we, when I was in the university, the, the, I don't know if it has changed now. Mm-hmm. Is it that you graduate first class or a 2-1? Mm-hmm. If you don't have 2-1 or a first class, mm-hmm. you are more or less like useless. Like you, it's hard for, it will be hard for you to get a job, right? Mm-hmm. So since I was already working with him, mm-hmm. thankfully, I graduated with a second class lower division. So it's not like I didn't graduate to one. I graduated with two, two. They call it two, two. So it's called mm-hmm. second class lower division. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, you know what? So mm-hmm. me even getting a job at the bank or getting right. a job at any of these multinationals okay. is almost like that dream is almost impossible for me. Mm-hmm. At least back then. I don't know if things have changed now. So, um, I thought, you know what, um, this kind of environment, the environment shouldn't, I didn't want to raise my children in that kind of environment, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't in a relationship, mm-hmm. but I knew that at some point I'm going to get married, have children. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to raise my children in that environment. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, a, I don't know if things have changed now, it's been 10 years, mm-hmm. but it was more or less like, you know, you are seen in a different light if you if you travel out of the country, right? Yeah. So I thought, you know, yeah, let me just 
exit this place mm -hmm. and go search for a better opportunity. At least I can work and provide for my family without having to do anything wrong, like without having to do something shady or, you know, that's, that's my, that's, that was the perception of my thinking that even that made me to make that decision. Mm -hmm. um, but did I know that I would be coming to Canada? Of course not. I met the guy that told me about Canada. I actually met him during my NYSC days. Mm -hmm. um, and he told me about Canada. And I said, you know what, if it works for you, please let me know. And that was how the journey, how the journey started. So I knew I was, I wanted to get out of Nigeria at some point, but where and when and where and when I didn't know, honestly, I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I knew that at some point, um, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of yeah. the country. Very helpful. So someone actually did plant that seed of Canada in your head as well, because I was going to ask a lot of people know, you know, UK, um, America. So, but it seemed like during NYC, you had that one conversation with someone about Canada and that's where the seed got planted. And then you just followed it. Yeah, we were actually drunk that day. So, uh, because I was, like I said, I was, you know, I was well, on the like, other side. Yeah. So I was drunk. We're, we're, so we're in Mami Markets, you know. Yeah. Um, so for those people who did NYC Nigeria, mm -hmm. um, they, they will understand what I mean by Mami Market is like the grocery, I call it grocery store or like workshop. the yeah. no workshop, like the place oh, where you buy oh, food, oh, like, you yeah. buy. It's like markets. It's a market. Let's yeah. let's put it that way. Yeah. It's like it's like flea markets. You know mm -hmm. how you get yes, yeah. Yes. So it's like the the markets where we buy everything we need mm -hmm. during NYSE. Mm -hmm. So I we're there that night and we kept drinking alcohol. We kept drinking and we're drunk till around like I think eleven thirty. And soldiers came into the market to because people went to give them information that some guys you know people are still in the market mm. so they came to the market to to you know to search, yeah. to search and arrest us basically mm. and myself and the guy we were together drinking and so when we heard that you know the the owner of the shop told us that soldiers are coming so we ran into the bush right mm. And while we're in the bush, both of us were panting, we're trying to know, you know, know when the, the soldiers have left. So it was just, it just blotted out. It just said, oh my God, like, you can't wait to leave Nigeria. So in our drunken state, I was like, leave Nigeria. What are you talking about? So I asked him, I said, to where? He said, Canada, that is leaving this nonsense country, is leaving for Canada. So he said that, you know, while he was drunk, mm -hmm. you know, norm normally, in most cases, mm -hmm. Nigerians, when they are planning to leave, they, they don't tell you. Yeah. They don't tell you, right? Until so, arrived, yeah. I, the, the guy didn't know when he said that. Mm -hmm. But it was just, it's like he was thinking out loud. Yeah. And then he realized that, oh, you already mentioned it to yeah. me, beside me. Yeah. And then the next day, I followed up with him. I said, oh, that thing you told me yesterday. Yeah. Last night. Mm -hmm. So at first, he wanted to Correct. deny that, oh, that he didn't see. I said, oh. I said, yeah. ah, you are my, my guy. Like, mm -hmm. what's up? Mm -hmm. Tell me more. So he said, I should not tell anybody that. I should not tell anybody that, mm -hmm. you know, he's planning. That he does not even know why he told me that he's, he's, <laughs> he's leaving Nigeria. I said, so you're leaving. Are you planning or you have already applied? So he mm -hmm. told me he has already applied that even the day before, mm -hmm. that during the day, that the day before, that his agent texted him that 
Oh, they've wow. reached back to her that she should, that um, he should, um, they've sent his passport to, mm -hmm. to her. So, and he told me that in most cases, when they send passport to you to go do your health checkup, mm -hmm. yeah. that means that they are the, at the verge of giving you the, the visa, right? Yeah. So I said, oh, you know what, when, if it works out, let me know. So that was how the journey to Canada started. So I wouldn't, I've never, even, I didn't even know much about Canada. Yeah. Canada wasn't the big buzzword back then. Yes. It was more US or UK yeah, exactly, yeah. or even Australia a little bit, but Canada yes. wasn't, yeah. you know, I never ever thought I would, I would travel, I would come yeah. to Canada in my life. I guess you could call that favor moment or destiny moment that he just blotted it out. Yeah. Like, you even remembered in your drunken state that you remembered that he said that, followed up, yeah. then followed up the next day. It's kind of serendipitous. Um, you talked about something in your, in the previous, uh, a couple minutes ago where you said, you know, at the beginning when you got to Canada, people were offering you all sorts of things to do to get by. And that's a story that a lot of people have as well. When people come move abroad somehow, um, because they want to survive and they need to survive, they're offered so many things, illegal things, um, mm -hmm. jobs that are not under, not documented or even marriage to just get by. Um, mm -hmm. sounds like your faith is what kept you from moving and the fear of returning to Nigeria. So, so honestly, interestingly, when I came the second day I came to Canada, mm -hmm. so the agents that, um, I used, um, to come to Canada, she knew someone here. Mm -hmm. and told me that oh the guy is really nice because she helped the guy that the guy would pick me up from the airport mm -hmm. blah 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 so she to be fair i don't think the agent was aware because the agent mm -hmm. i don't think she was aware right. so she connected me to the guy i met the guy mm -hmm. unfortunately the guy was one of those people that you know he told me that and it was i think that guy was just trying to help me right but through the wrong way but you know thankfully i didn't accept it he told me oh there are two ways that i can become a canadian mm. is either i do arrange marriage or i go and declare asylum mm. right so i would declare asylum i would say i'm bisexual you know um so and they had it's, yeah. it's like it's like a cartel right so mm. they told me about all this that Oh, you either do arrange marriage that I will go back to the school to collect my money, tell them I'm no more interested. They'll give me the money back that the money I paid, I was supposed to use to go to school. I would use it to pay for the arrange, either the arranged marriage or, um, you know, asylum. So for the asylum, I'll pay a lawyer, mm -hmm. you know, the whole process. They already told me about the whole process. And this was, imagine landing in Canada today and the next day, that's, that's true, right? Just the next day. But, wow. Honestly, the, the reason why I didn't do it was because I was very, very worried for my mom. <laughs> that was the reason because I thought you that. Mom, my, jail. How is she gonna find you? Yeah, my mom used to call me every day oh. when I just came, you know, because she was very scared that we don't we didn't know anybody in Canada. Nobody my nobody my family had ever traveled out of Nigeria before. Wow. So it was very foreign, very new to her. Mm -hmm. And she thought, you know what? So she 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 would always call me either every day or every other day mm. just to even if it's just 20 seconds just to hear my voice to see i'm doing hope everything is good um but so that was the reason why i didn't do it honestly because i was worried that what if i i get arrested and i'm sent to jail mm. and my mom is trying to reach me mm. and she can't reach me 
and she has high blood pressure issue. So I don't want her to now get get high blood pressure, get off, you know, off the chart Mm -hmm. and she she passes on as a result Mm -hmm. of that. I would never forgive myself. I would live with that guilt for the rest of my life. So mm. that's the reason why I didn't do it. Nothing else. Honestly, like that was my fear right. that, you know what, I may be caught. It might have worked for every other person right. or, um, you know, but when it comes to me, it may not work. So that's why I did do it. Yeah. Um, not because I was like, you know, um, I felt like I was better off than those people. Yeah. Right, that's no, good. I just... I just didn't do it for that. But, and again, I also thought that even though I was an unbeliever, I just thought that, okay, what if I want to go into politics? Honestly, another reason. Mm-hmm. What if I want to go into politics? Do it, do it yeah. And then I, I now I'm talking on TV about how, you know, everything, you must do mm-hmm. everything the right way. And either the person I did arrange marriage with is watching <laughs> and, you know, the opposition will go and give, they will dig up your past and go and give the person money and the person will come on national TV. Yeah. You know, so those, or the person, like, I was just, I just yeah. thought about it. All that, the you know, yeah. yeah, that I'm not going to do. The question I asked to follow up was, I said, okay, people that don't do it, mm. do they get become citizen? They said, yes, but it will take a very long time. Mm. I said, but do they still get it? Mm. They said yes, but it would probably take like 10, 15 years. I said, but they will still get it. They mm-hmm. said yes. I said, okay, don't worry, it's fine. It's okay if it takes. They said, but what if the government changes? What if they change policy? Mm-hmm. I said, but at least people, there are some people that have gotten it. I said, yeah. okay, let mm-hmm. me let me go that route. Mm-hmm. Even though I was made fun of, they yeah. they made fun of me, they called me all sorts of names. Yeah. But um that didn't that didn't change my mind because wow. I was more focused and worried about those two things. My yeah. mom. And my future, my, my possible political future. future. Yeah. Um, even though I, I don't think I would. But, but think about it. Even though you haven't gotten into politics yet, at least to the best of my knowledge, even the fresh start hope that you're doing now, I don't know if you, you would you have had the confidence to be no. able to be so forward facing and, you know, no. supporting the, the causes of immigrants? Never, never. I wouldn't have. It's so interesting that all the, the path has led you here and that we're able to stay because also wisdom like to ask that follow-up question okay is it even possible is it possible some other way yes let it take a longer time but at least it's possible wow mm-hmm. what what a story um okay so you didn't do the arranging marriage how did you then proceed into finding work in canada what was your journey like into work yes. and then gain full employment so I, I i got a job my first job was actually um working at Walmart. I was arranging shelves. I, was, I worked in the dry goods section. And you were able to do that with your international visa, with your visa? Yeah, so that was after, that was that was on campus of permits. I used, so I only got um, two, I think six months. So after my first program, mm-hmm. I did a program at Niagara College called General Arts and Science. We call mm-hmm. it GAS, General Arts and Science. Mm-hmm. So it's a two year program, but instead of doing it for two years, at the time, I, I think they changed it. They, they, they did change it mm-hmm. at the time because I already had an undergraduate degree in Nigeria mm-hmm. and I already had a one-year postgraduate diploma in Canada. Mm-hmm. I transferred, I could transfer all my um, all my courses to mm-hmm. that program. And instead of doing it for two years, we'll do it for four months. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But they eventually changed it. And that's another very long very long story. But okay. so while I was doing that, I 
I got a, a an on-campus work permit, mm -hmm. and so I I applied for, um, so I applied to work at at Walmart, mm -hmm. um, through someone who just, you know, God used. I uh, you know I believe very strongly that God used the guy right. to give me to, to refer me to that opportunity, and I was working at Walmart um, in Oakview. Mm. Um, so I was always commuting between Hamilton, from Hamilton to Oakville. I was working there. I worked there for a couple of months. And then um, the church I was working at, I was the church I was a member of. One day the pastor came to me and said, they want me to be the new um, church administrator. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked, the first question I asked was, oh, I also worked at... Um, I was also I also worked at in a factory. I was doing both together at the time while I was working at Walmart, and I was going to school too. Um, but um, while I was doing that, I worked at Walmart for about four months, okay. and I was doing the factory job too for about four months. Yeah. So May, no, five months, May of that year, 2014. Mm -hmm. Then the pastor came to me and said that, oh. Um, we want you to be the church administrator. And I said, you know what, give me some time to pray and think about it. And I went back to them and I told them that, hey, um, is this going to get me? Will I be able to use this to apply for my permanent residency? Like, because that's the, I, I can get another job somewhere else at the call center or somewhere right. to be able to apply for my permanent residency. So um, they said, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but then we eventually, I took the job. Mm -hmm. I worked there for three years as a church administrator, as an executive assistant mm -hmm. at the church. So I was wearing many hats. I was doing finance, operations, transportation, project <laughs> management, everything. Yeah. Um, and it was in the midst of that, the church also built its, um, its new, a new building mm -hmm. and I also was the project manager for that construction. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's that was my first job in Canada, like mm -hmm. my first full-time job in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that for three years. Then I transitioned to a call center. I worked at the call center as, an, as a collection agent. Mm -hmm. um, I did that for... I think eight months, if I can remember very well now. I did that for about eight months. Mm -hmm. Then I got a call from RBC one day. I've applied to many places. <laughs> and I got a call from RBC one day and I thought it was a fraud call, honestly, because I was I was talking to a customer. I was trying to collect money from the customer. <laughs> and I saw my phone, RBC, and I thought, first thing that came to my mind was, did somebody use my, my, my details? My identity to go oh. bank account. Why yeah. is RBC calling me? You know, that was what came to my mind and mm -hmm. I was really scared. So the person called the first time. Fortunately, they called again the second time. Then the third time they called, I had to run out, quickly wrap up the call. Mm -hmm. And I picked the call and the lady said, Oh, they're calling for a first interview mm -hmm. for a role at RBC. And I thought, you know, and in my own nature, I said, oh, they said, am I ready? I said, yes, like, you know, let's do it. So they asked me questions. Well, you, like, well, you ran out. Yeah, like, okay. so we had like a 30-minute call. Wow. And the lady was telling me, asking me questions about like from an, an executive assistant job, 
you know, asking me questions and I was answering mm-hmm. and you know, I had no idea about the bank, honestly. I, I didn't know anything about how I the did. bank operates. My perception, my understanding, my understanding of the bank was you go to a bank. Yeah. My understanding of the bank was all these branches you see. You yeah. go to a bank, you keep it, they keep it in one place. That I used to think that the money I put in the bank, yeah. that's that same cash, they just put it inside one big place. Yeah. And so whenever I need it, you know, they will just give me and go up there and like it was I mm-hmm. that was how clueless I was about the banking system. <laughs> um so when they asked me, and I'll tell you, you understand why I said that now. Mm-hmm. So I used to think that, okay, because I, when I go downtown and they say, oh, RBC, mm-hmm. like they put their logo in, on top of those high rise. I used to think maybe they only have like two floors right. in those buildings and that the people that work there, they're like the big bosses. So because someone in my church, you know, um, told me she got a job at RBC head mm-hmm. office so my what i thought was oh because the head office was is one small place that they will all know each other mm-hmm. so in my ignorance i mentioned that person's name that oh to the recruiter that was talking to me that oh and by the way do you know this person and i was saying it like i said so that you can validate that i'm not telling you i'm not lying to you that <laughs> i can i'm i'm really good at what i do as an executive assistant i said in fact as this person and she said who is this person? I mentioned the person's name and she said, Oh, interestingly, we walk, we sit very closely to very close by with each other. And so she went to ask the person and the person said good things about me. Oh, so you actually worked out the way you thought. Yeah. Not, yeah. Really so, because so, yes. Exactly. So she was like, okay, you know what? Um, before she even went to ask the person, she said, come in for, an in-person interview and let's, let's, I like you, blah, blah, blah. And we went, mm. and that was how I got my first job at RVC wow. as an executive assistant. Mm. Everything just kind of adds up. But first of all, when you took the first job at um, the church and you asked about whether I would lead to PR, did it eventually lead to PR? What was your time? Like, what did the time to PR take? And I'm asking because, you know, previously the person told you it would take 10 to 15 years to get PR. So what did it actually take? From when you came to well, it was after I got my PR after I left. I stopped working at the church um, mm-hmm. um, while I was working at the call center, even though I put in my application um, um, while I was working at the church. But mm-hmm. I eventually I didn't get, I didn't have enough points. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it was later on, um, I think two years after I, I put in my application, Mm-hmm. was when I got called, um, I got invited, invitation to apply. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. Um, to apply for my permanent residency. So the whole process took about how many years? It took about two years. From when you came to Canada? Oh, no, no, no. From when I came to Canada, the whole process to getting my permanent residency took about... Um, it took about four years, four years. So they would have had you sell your life for just four years of work. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It took about four years, if I remember. It's incredible. Yes. Yeah. 
So you just also shared about a bit of your naivety at the time, not knowing how things worked in Canada. And then you shared earlier that, you know, when you came to Canada, you didn't really know what you wanted to do. You didn't know what you, you didn't really research that much. But then you said you gave your life to Christ and then you started reading books, started learning more. So I believe that in Canada, you can only go, maybe not just in Canada, in life and in Canada, you can only go as far as you know. Yes. Yes. So, that's true. So where did you start researching to start learning about how do things work in Canada? What do I want to do with my life? How do I now start plotting this vision for, you know, not just getting a job, you had gotten a job now, but like, you know, becoming a, a better person. You said you were reading books, but like where, were, were there any pivotal moments? Were there any books that stood out to you that just transformed your thinking? And like, what has that process of transformation and becoming informed about how to live your life and how to build a life in Canada? What has that been like for you? Honestly, I would say the biggest book that has influenced my life the most has been the Bible. I just believe, like, it's true what the Bible says that, you know, be like children. Like you said, let all children come to me for this is the kingdom of God. He's not talking about little children, literally. He's talking about us. I just believe, I just believe the Bible because, so this is the way I think, and this is back then, and this is still the way I used to, I still think. When I was with the devil, when I was an unbeliever, <laughs> okay. you know, I'll go to club, I would dance a lot mm-hmm. and I would get drunk a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I would drink alcohol a lot. I would like, I went the whole nine years, you know, smoke, do, do all sorts of crazy things. Then when I became born again, I'm, I thought to myself that, okay, I started reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. I saw like all the promises that God, and I believe it literally, like James 1, 5, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, mm-hmm. let him ask God that gives freely to all. So in my mind, when I read that, I just thought to myself that, okay, he said he would give freely to me. He said, all I just need to do is ask. Wow. And I just believed it that, okay, my job is to ask. Mm-hmm. His job is to do. Right? So I just believed the word of God literally hmm. and i still believe it like literally right like so i would say number one the word of god hmm. and back then when i tell people that oh things will work out for me even though i was telling church people church mm-hmm. folks i would call yeah. quote unquote church folks that have been around the block for a long time some of them would make fun of me and laugh and say oh it's because it's just it just became born again hmm. that's how they always do like you know there's this like oh it's just is excited, is excitement, yeah. right? Like, so they will always see, I always sound crazy to them when I talk to them. Because mm-hmm. to me, I always, what I used to think about was that, are we reading the same Bible? Like, wow. is it not the same Bible I'm reading? Because mm-hmm. when I tell them that things will work out for me, they will laugh like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy has come again. Like, he has come again to motivate us. And for me, it's not moti- I'm not motivating you. Yeah. I'm just literally saying what is in the bible like what i read like Mm -hmm. it's just simple right so i would say that was what started the journey for me Mm. and it was more reading the bible listening to pastors one guy I used to listen to a lot that I still listen to today, T.D. Jakes. Mm, I would listen to T.D. Jakes' yeah. material. Yeah. I would consume Pastor Adeboe's material. Mm. Because if then, if people say that, oh, because believing, having faith and believing the Bible, like literally, is being motivational, then Pastor Adeboe is a motivational speaker, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because 
he just talks about the Bible in a very simple, clear yes. manner. Like God, believe him, things will happen for you. Mm-hmm. Trust, like that was that was that's exactly what I do. Like mm-hmm. I just believed it, and I started reading books mm-hmm. because. You know, it was in books that I found out. I read this quote by one by this guy, um, this neurosurgeon, this black neurosurgeon. I've forgotten his name now. I know um, the one, the one who separated Siamese twins. Gifted hands, yeah. Yes. What, I wrote the book Gifted Ants. So I read this quote by him that said, Ben Carson. Said Ben Carson. Yeah. He said, "A library card will take you farther than a driver's license." Hmm. And the moment I read that, I was like. This is true, hmm. you know. To tell you that, like I still remember, like yesterday, he said a library card would take you further than a driver's license, and I thought because if you now I, I Google search that quote to on dig deeper to understand, basically you can get into the minds of legends, yeah. top business moguls just by reading their books, yeah, right. So and so I thought, okay, I need to start consuming material so i started reading books mm. and i read this book um how to make friends and influence people love that book yeah and that book was like you know changed a lot of things for me yeah. um because i i started learning about you know you talked about communication mm. so i wanted to improve my communication skills and i joined toastmasters so i i started getting around people who who were not, who didn't look like me physically, yeah. and who were also born in Canada, who grew up in Canada. They have like the ancestry, ancestral lineage, um, lineage in Canada. So I was always asking them questions, having conversations with them, talking to them, and reading books. You know, I kept reading books, and I kept and reading the Bible, and it kept strengthening my faith, my belief my positive mindset and that was how the journey began for me and because i wouldn't say that i really surrounded myself with a lot of people nigerians that look like me fine i go to a nigerian church mm-hmm. um at the time but i wasn't i didn't even know anything about having a mentor like mm-hmm. you know um so those people that I read their books were more like my mentors, right? right? Yeah. So I was buying a lot of books. I was always going to Thales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll go to, there's this store in, um, very close to McMaster. They sell thrift books. I'll go there. You know, I made the woman my friend, so I'll buy thrift books. Yeah. Um, I would also go to Value Village. Mm. I'll go to their book section to look mm-hmm. for like, motivational books so even on the budget you were reading yeah 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 i was buying books because they were cheap like i would buy them for like a dollar um um or even cents like Hmm. i'll buy them for cents you know um so yeah books 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 change change my life good books and then i started um when i now when i started working um at rbc downtown Mm-hmm. That I, I I was fortunate to meet this woman who told me that David, if you forget everything I've told you, and interestingly, I forgot everything that she told me, <laughs> but because she placed emphasis on this, she said, "Network, network, network, network." Mm-hmm. Said network as if your life depends on it because it does, mm-hmm. and I went 
ballistic on networking. I went, I started, you know, reaching out to people, um, doing coffee chats. I started reading books about how to network effectively. I read mm -hmm. this book called Click. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it taught me about, you know, how to do it. And also then I revisited how to make friends and influence people. And um, yeah, so I don't know if that answered your question, but that's, that's how the journey has been. Very much so. I was going to ask for book recommendations, but it was almost like you read my mind and you ended up with, you know, the, I guess the, some of the ones that transformed you at the time to click and how to win friends and influence people. Influence people yeah. Did you add anything else to that list? I think I'm grow rich. That book is actually very good. Think okay. I'm grow rich. That's, okay. And also this guy also used to listen to, I've not listened to him in a while. Now, Brian, Brian Tracy, hmm. um, it's that frog. He wrote that book. I know that one. Yeah. That frog. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember now. Les Brown. Les Brown was, I used, I listened to, I still listen to him till today. Hmm. Les Brown. Um, yeah. And I just listened to a lot of, motivational videos like there are some that you know they're like a lot of them on youtube yeah you see them different people talking voice voiceovers yes. those things are actually really good at least for me it's it, i see all your shares on instagram and i know that you listen to a lot of motivational stuff it just it just yeah. flows out of you which is so interesting so is this what is was it the advice on networking that led you to starting the fresh start hub because i know that um but that is a big part of what you do now. And um, you're, there's many parts to it. One part is you're, you're talking to leaders in different spheres and sharing their stories, inspiring people, but also learning yourself. At the same time, you're um, addressing a serious problem in the immigrant community, which is underemployment. But what led you towards fresh, the Fresh Start Hub and what's the story there about how we started and what you're doing now? Um. Fresh Starter was an idea I had in 2018, but I was just sitting on it. I even asked um, Obiora to help me design logo. I was at his house um, till around midnight that day, um, but I didn't start. I thought I used that as an excuse that, oh, you know what? At least I've designed the logo. And then um, I had the name. I even bought a domain, but it expired. So. Um, I didn't start. I didn't start fresh start for a while. I was I was afraid. I was scared. I wasn't sure the direction I wanted to take. Then um, COVID happened in 2020, mm -hmm. and um, I saw that a lot of people, a lot of people had lost their jobs, and I came across a story by YWCA about people that have been disproportionately impacted, and Immigrants were one of those people. And then I thought, okay, what can I do? How can I support? And I started, I, I thought, you know what, let me even find out whether there's a real problem here. So I started doing more research and I saw that, okay, there's a real problem. And the problem was, you know, the problem of underemployment. And unemployment, but underemployment played a, a more critical role. So I thought, okay, what can I do to help? How can I support? Number one, I'm not a certified coach, so I didn't want to go the route of, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a career coach and all that. So I didn't want to do that. Um, and that's for my own, my own reason. I'm, I'm not faulting anyone who are, people who are career coaches, but I just didn't want to go that route. 
And I thought, you know what, the first starting point is to give people hope. You know, people who have lost their jobs, who have been impacted by COVID-19, how can we give them hope? And also a lot of people were always complaining to me that, oh, you know, I'll reach out to people on LinkedIn. They won't respond. I will connect with people on LinkedIn. They will respond. And for me, I thought to myself that, but I reach out to people to respond. Yes, I get a lot of no's, like way more than, but for me, you know, maybe a, co a combination of the books I've read and also my personality, I see no as not yet. Like you can't see it on my forehead. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's not written on people's forehead. You can't know the number of no's I've received today anyways. Um, so why not just ask and be the conduit to help these guys who are not getting responses from people on LinkedIn and talk, ask the questions that they would have loved to ask those people, you know, that they would love to connect with, ask them the questions and share the conversation with the world, you know? And that was what led down, what, what, what started me on that journey. I remembered when I started, yeah. When I wanted to start, my wife asked me, she said, what if nobody listens to it? I said, but you will listen to it, right? Yeah. She, said, she said, but I don't want to be, I want to be honest with you. There are days I may not listen to it because I've, I'm, I, I hear your voice all the time at home. So <laughs> um, she said, but what will happen? I said, for me, even if it's one person that listens to it and they got something from it, that's fine for me. I'm not doing it to become famous i'm not doing it to get to make quick buck mm. i'm doing it to help someone out mm. there right so then that was how the journey started i i i remember the first i still because i counted it i still have the emails i still see them i sent out over 300 requests to be a guest on the podcast and 300 yeah i got ghosted i got nose I got people questioned me and told me. I even, interestingly, I even asked people that were close to me that I, I respected and, you know, I admired that were my friends and I asked them to be a guest and they said no. Like, <laughs> interestingly, and I don't blame, honestly, I don't, I don't have any animosity against them. I still talk to them. They're still my friends. But I just, I think that they couldn't, they didn't see what I saw mm. and maybe I didn't articulate what I, you know, what I was trying to um, um, achieve to them. Mm. So they said no. Even one of them told me no. And he told me, oh, you know, I want to stay on social media for some time. Mm. And then two weeks later, I saw his picture on a poster for an <laughs> event. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Speaking of staying away from social media, from internet for some time. But, oh my goodness. you know, I can laugh over it now. I, honestly, I wasn't mad at the person. I felt mm -hmm. odd, yes, you know, but I just thought, okay, this person has made me understand that they don't mm -hmm. believe in this vision, which is okay. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to keep going anyways. And complete strangers were the first people to say yes. Wow. Um, they have never even met me before. And I'm truly, truly um, indebted to them. Um, Dami Eluyera, um, Aziz Garuba, um, Inkechinwa for Robinson. Mm. Those were the first group of people to say yes to me. Tobiolu Wale. Mm. Um, those were the first group of people to say yes to me. I've never met Tobiolu Wale in person before in my life. The yeah. first time I met Aziz Garuba in person was maybe two months ago. Mm. Um, I've 
I've not met in Kitchen Waffle Robinson in person mm -hmm. that we talked ever till today. Wow. You know, so that's what the journey has taught me that the people that would, you know, help you most of the time are not people you know. Um, so, but that's how the journey started. And then a few months after we started the podcast, we um, said, you know what, well, let's, let's, I had, I, I spoke to a few people that said, let's do this. We hosted an event. Wow. And we saw over 300 people sign up for the first event. And I was like, wow, wow. people actually need help. Yeah. And that was what led us down this journey, down this path of helping internationally trained professionals navigate their career journey faster through all the free resources we provide, workshops, the podcasts, um, events, um, even job board. We have a job board right now where we post jobs. Um, so we, and we've been doing that now, um, interestingly, it's going to be three years um, this year. And it's, wow. it's, it's yeah. just been an interesting ride. And so far, we've I've interviewed over 150 people on the podcast, including uh, like okay. wow. Fortune 500 companies. And we have over 50,000 um, downloads and listening on the podcast. That's amazing. Wow. Such Without spending a dollar on marketing, Good. except organic, like pushing it on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's incredible. Well, well done. It's always... Thank you. I mean, at the beginning of starting anything new, sometimes visionaries seem like a little bit of like mad people or like yeah. insane in some ways. So kudos to you for that like you kept going. Thank um, you. I feel like you're a resilient person by nature. Like you don't really, you bounce back pretty easily as, and it comes across when you're, you know, in your response to challenges and also when you're speaking to people like, you know, ah, keep going, keep going like, like that. It, I, I almost feel like it's a muscle that you ha most people have to train, but it seems like you have a, an extra portion of it in you that you just want to keep going when things happen. It's a combination of gene. I would, I don't know, honestly, I would, but looking back, I'll say like maybe Jim, that I'm not, I don't know. Like whether by nature, um, that's just how you are. Nature, nature yeah. and also books. Because I will read about, because in my head, the way I think about it is, oh, um, um, what's the guy that built this theme park in Florida? What's Disney, right? Disney, well, Disney, there we go. Yeah, so he was, he was rejected. He wasn't granted um, loan but over you know, it was rejected over 400 times or something, wow. you know, um, that's, that's what I read, you know, um, a couple of people like that. You like, feel like these are your foreigners. Like, yeah. Know. So I just used to think that, Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even, there, there's one guy. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I'm trying to remember now, I think, yeah, before the book, yeah, this woman that wrote, um, this famous book, JK Rowling. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Harry Potter. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Harry Potter. So J.K. Rowling, she was mm -hmm. rejected multiple times. Mm -hmm. You know, if you read, if you read her story, she was rejected. I think, yeah, multiple times. Electricity that we saw today, the guy failed over a thousand times. That's true. You yeah. know, so so those are the things I think about that. Well, they kept trying, they tried, yeah. because the question people were asking me, why I believe that I was close, when I believed that I was close to a yes was, at first people were ghosting me, people would just say no, mm -hmm. say I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. Then later people would start asking me, 
okay, how many people have I interviewed? Really? I'll tell them. Yeah, like people ask me, um, can you send me the link to your to your okay. past podcast? Mm. And I will say you'll be the first person. <laughs> <laughs> and they will say, Okay, thank you. I'll pass. Um yeah. or people come up with excuse that oh this time is very busy for me right now. Maybe you follow up again in the in the coming months. And they don't know that the person they are talking to is crazy. I will follow up. I will just put you in my calendar. <laughs> I will just put your name, your email. I will just go to my immediately. I see the email. I will yeah. just go to my calendar and my, and count and count like eight months forward and put it there. Follow up with so 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 person. Check the email. I'll just put it there and I'll and I'll save it. So when is that day? I will re- the reminder. I'll be like, oh okay. I will send the person an email. Yeah. So. So when I knew I was close was when people started asking me, they were inquiring more. Mm. They would say, oh, you know what? Um, how many podcasts have you done? I would say, no, I've not done anyone. You'd be the first guest. Do you want mm. to be a guest? Yeah. And some would pass wow. until I reached out to, I think, Aziz Garuba. Mm-hmm. And Aziz said, okay, let's do it. I see you post on LinkedIn a couple of times. I think mm. you're a nice guy. And he said we should do it, and that was how we did it. And then, so I just knew that I needed that first guest because, mm-hmm. all, interestingly, all the people that were telling me, "Have you found anyone? Do you have you done any episode before?" So I waited until I did five. Then I reached out to them and said, "Hey, I've done this. Go check it out." And some of them wow. said yes. Some of them still didn't say yes. But that was how I kept going. Mm-hmm. And I kept pushing, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's incredible again resilience and in all of you you can just hear it's you saw people who have gone ahead of you that had done this thing it wasn't that they didn't have a good idea it wasn't that they did not know what to do it just took the right opportunity and then again when you've done over 400 um, revisions to your loan application as well disney or for 1000 iterations to your electricity experiment you're kind of getting better each time uh, whether it's an uh, experiment so like you're refining yourself at, at the same time so it's so much to learn. Thank you, Shegun, David, yeah. for sharing You're welcome. so generously. Okay, you've interviewed over 150 people, you said. So what have you, are they largely immigrants as well? Or how do you decide who to interview? Yeah, so they're either immigrants or um, they were brought to Canada mm. as a child. So okay. which are, I still call them immigrants and they saw the struggle yeah. So the struggle of their parents. Right, yeah. You know, I've had people, executives, I've I've had them on the podcast and they start crying when they think back on their journey. Wow. You know, with with you know, the parents, how their parents are to struggle and all mm. that. So they, they saw it firsthand, they mm. experienced it. Some of them didn't majority of them didn't grow up in the best of, you know, um they they, they didn't have the best upbringing. I mean financially. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've been able to make something great for themselves. Um, so, and I've also interviewed people who came to Canada as immigrants and they've, you know, grown their career to leadership level. Mm-hmm. I've also interviewed people who have not grown their career to leadership level, but they are thriving, you know, for yeah. example, like Rennie, mm-hmm. um, she's doing a fantastic job helping other people with their finances. Yes. And so she's been a guest on the podcast. So I, I've interviewed, I interview pod, um, immigrants who are doing fantastic things, who are young, yeah. um, and they are also visionaries. Hmm. So um, those are the people I interview on the podcast. Yeah. By the way, you probably should 
be writing your own book soon with some of these experiences you've gathered from these multiple people that you're talking to and your own life experiences as well. Maybe I can be the one that planted that seed if it wasn't already. <laughs> of course. Okay. But um, from the people you've spoken to, are there any standout stories or just like, or even themes that, that, you know, connect them when you think about their journeys to thriving in their career, their journeys to overcoming the difficult difficulties in settling as an immigrant? Um, do you think of any threads that connect through the 150 yeah, When I think back on this, on a lot of the people I've interviewed, one, one of the three things I would say I've served them well is their circle. Hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is people that have spoken into their lives, people that have supported their mentorship and sponsorship. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is, has played key roles in their journey. They've mm-hmm. had people who spoke for them in rooms where they were not present. Mm-hmm. But those those mentorship and sponsorship didn't just come because oh, they did want to reach out to someone on LinkedIn and they just said, you know what, because I like your face, I'm going to sponsor you or mentor you. Yeah. But they built relationship with those people. Mm-hmm. They um, worked with those people. So those people are exposed to what they're capable of doing. So I would say mentorship is very, very important. And I, I want to, you know, put that in the box of relationship, you know, yeah. quality relationship with, mm. with people, invest in people, mm. invest in giving over, um, over receiving. You know, I know it's counterintuitive because people might say, whatever you're saying, I should give. I don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Trust me, you have a lot. You have a lot. You just need to listen more to the people you're talking to. Right now you're giving. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. So you would know what they really need, right? Um, Sometimes it's just by telling them, Hid Mubarak, for those people who are your friends who are Muslim, Mm -hmm. how many of them did you send an email to Mm -hmm. or send a text message to? during the Muslim festival. Yeah. Just because you're not a Muslim doesn't mean that yeah. that won't go a long way. Yeah. That some people is good enough, right? So I would say that um, mentorship and sponsorship has played key roles for them, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is their drive and hunger. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to have people who want to mentor you. It's another thing for you to be hungry. It's another thing for you to have drive. It's another thing for you to be humble, you know. Um, and humility in this sense is not you dumping down your yeah. your value. But humility in this sense is being willing to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Being willing to implement their advice and getting back to them it goes a long way right so you show a combination of those things and these people have hunger they have drive i know that we live in a world where they say oh just do the barest minimum to get by but unfortunately the people that do the barest minimum don't actually go too far these people go who do the extra who put in the extra who go the extra mile you know, and are the ones that achieve the extraordinary. So um, I know it may sound counter, it may sound, 
it may it may not land well for some people that oh David you're saying I should work hard but trust me hard work is still the the recipe to success any kind of success really um so those people have 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 demonstrated that and they have also shown that and the other thing is they have they are vulnerable Mm-hmm. There are people who are not afraid to hold up to their mistake and say, I messed up. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I blew it. Um, I made a mistake mm-hmm. and I need help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength yeah. because it goes on to show that, okay, you understand your weakness and you are able to ask people who can supplement that weakness, who can help you along that journey. So um, I would say one, mentorship and sponsorship. Um, two, hunger, mm-hmm. drive and humility. Mm-hmm. And three, vulnerability, like being vulnerable um, and, and um, you know, talking about their weakness and asking for help. Mm-hmm. A lot of the senior leaders are just like you and I. Yeah. They're just like you and I. They are very the the best leaders I've spoken to are so humble, so kind, mm-hmm. very very friendly, very just amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know how to approach them, you may think, oh, this person is not just is just being snobbish or they don't care. They don't. Most of them are genuinely kind and very humble. Very they don't. They don't believe that they are better off than the next person, you know. Yeah. They just, they just genuine leaders are humble. Wow. That is very helpful. Thank you for sharing those three insights, and I'm sure people will take them with you. One of the parts of moving to a different country that is a bit difficult for most people is finding community and extending mm-hmm. that to finding love. Um, you've done both since you moved here 10 years ago. <laughs> so what's that journey been like for you? How was it dating in Canada? And uh, how did you... Ah, dating in Canada. How did you navigate that? Well, I didn't... Dating in Canada was... I was... Honestly, I... I was very, very... Broke. For you know, <laughs> three years. Yeah. Um, so I don't... And I was working... I wasn't making so much. So um, I was, uh, like I said earlier on, I was working in a church, which is a not-for-profit, Christian not-for-profit organization. And then I worked at a call center. So um, I didn't date. Dating for me was, the experience wasn't the best. It wasn't pleasant. I I don't want to go into it. But... You know, um, fortunately, still in the process of actually trying to help someone. So I used to, um, I used to um, listen to podcasts by a young girl, and it's a Christian podcast. So she would talk about the Bible and all that. And then I saw that okay, this person has good content, but their design, the banner design, wasn't the best. So I reached out to her that you know what. Um, these are some of the, I just wanted to help to say, okay, do you know about Canva? Do you know about, you know, um, Anchor where you can, you know, store your podcast? I just shared tools with her that, you know, you can leverage, you can leverage to help 
a podcast. And then the third day, um, I spoke to her. We had a, we had a, um, um, we met in person to have the conversation. And genuinely, I was just, I just wanted to help her and I moved on. And then, um, we connected again. She called me the third day to give me updates on, oh, this is what I've done. Thank you. And then she asked me, she said, are you in a relationship? I said, no. She said, are you interested in being in a relationship? I said, um, she said, am I actively looking? I said, no, I'm not actively looking, but I'm single. Then she said, oh, she said, why? I said, because, you know, I've, I've been shown pepper in the past. Like a lot of people have said no to me. And she just started laughing. And she said, oh, she can introduce me to someone. And I said, you know what? Before you introduce me to someone, I hope that if you introduce me to someone and it doesn't work out, you won't stop fight. You won't stop. You won't, like, you won't fight me because I've had a situation where somebody introduced me to someone and because the relationship didn't work, the person was mad at me as if, oh, because they introduced me to someone, it was, I must, I must marry the person, right? And to me, I'm like, oh, you just introduced, I didn't sleep with her. It's not like I had any canal knowledge of the, I didn't kiss her. I didn't even, like, we just had a conversation and I, it's not, I don't feel like, you know, like we had conversations rather. But anyways, it didn't work. Like I didn't be in a relationship with the person and the person was mad at me. And so I told her, I said, you know, if it doesn't work up, you're not going to be mad at me. I said, why? Why would she be mad at me? That she doesn't expect that it must work. So she introduced me to um, a friend who is now my wife today. And that was how um, the journey. And I told her, even sister, father, I said, I don't have money for date. I don't have money. She said, oh, don't worry. I will set up the date. <clears throat> so she set up the date in her house. She gave us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So Wait, I, the person who introduced you was the one who set up the, the date as well? Yes, in a house. Look at that. Oh my god. Yes. So she set up the date. I met uh we had a conversation. She wow. said I, asked, I still ask her to today that what did she remember that I spoke about? She mm-hmm. said the only thing she remembered was I was just talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but she felt like what I was saying made sense because she's yeah. like, ah, this guy gets sense, so you know, mm-hmm. like this guy, like you know, and so, yeah. um, yeah, so that was how the journey. That was how I met my now wife. Wow. And you know, looking back in the last five years of um being with her, I, I'm grateful. Now I see, you know, it's always they always say that. Um, my hindsight is always 2020 now i see why those ones didn't work because she is just the best um Mm -hmm. she's an amazing amazing human being yeah um she's a really like she's just she's just and i'm not i'm genuine i'm 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 genuinely fine it's been five years (laughs) since we've been married i am actually very happy in my marriage she's a really really great woman so and, um, yeah. So yeah. Now when I look back, I now see. Oh, I see why those ones didn't work because it makes sense in retrospect. I now see why those ones didn't work because she's just 
she just she's just an answer to my prayer like she's just everything mm -hmm. i wanted everything i prayed for mm -hmm. amazing woman she's very patient with me very she's kind she's gentle she doesn't she's just she doesn't make she doesn't make my life difficult she's like she's just a good person yeah um so yeah looking back i just say okay now i see why those ones didn't work so wow what a journey um first of all the person who introduced you is like me that is my kind of person that's yeah you probably you know her you know her is lola and enola those girls are just i'm saying just... it's something i can't do like are you in a relationship <laughs> are you sure <laughs> those girls are amazing man I never yeah. along. okay um final question before i ask you to plug anything you want to plug like any personal things um if you're if you had the chance to talk to somebody now who is new to canada they're just trying to find their feet um what do you know now that you didn't know when you came that you'd like to pass on to them i wish i have genuinely Genuine people want me to succeed around me early on mm. when I came. So I would say, please surround yourself with good quality people. Mm. Not people who have the crap mentality who want to pull you down, mm. who tell you it's never possible. People like you can never achieve it. Mm -hmm. um, surround yourself with good quality people. If you can't find mm -hmm. good poor quality people around you, mm -hmm. Look for events. There's Tectio. Mm -hmm. Look for events around you. There, there's Tectio. There's BPTN. There's um, um, CoffP. Um, there's um, Ascend Canada. There's Fresh Start Hub. Yes. There's um, Making the Move. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're also doing it. I'm um, doing it. There's I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, join. Be, surround yourself with good people yeah. that will help you thrive. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many of them. Black professionals network. Yeah. Join those as those network. Build mm -hmm. relationship with people there. Tell them exactly what you need. Tell them exactly what you're looking for. Tell them what you need help with. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of more. There are so many people out there who want to help you more than the people that don't want to help you. Honestly, you just have to keep asking. People ask me, how do you get to meet, how do you get to interview a lot of these executives? I just ask. Mm. And I don't give up asking. What's the worst they can say? They will tell me no, and I'll move on to the next person and to the next person. For example, you don't know the number of no's I've received today, right? And I'm still smiling, right? So it's just part of the journey. It's even what makes your journey more interesting, right? Mm. Like, you know, I was when I was chatting with the CEO of Deloitte Canada, and I mentioned it to him. I said I had over 300 no's, and the guy was like, "You're crazy!" Like, <laughs> you know, like that goes on to show that you're hungry, right? Yeah. And people want to help you. People that want to help you are way more than the people that yeah. don't want to help you. Yeah. So just keep asking, keep asking. Mm. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. Mm. And I'm not saying that to motivate. I'm not saying that to. I'm saying that literally. Because I remember they've told me multiple things I can't do. And when I look back, I just I'm just like, it's just just that. Yeah. Honestly, it, the magic, the magic happens when you put one step in front of the other. Yeah. Just start. Yeah. Just start. Like that's honest. I know it sounds like, oh, that's what everybody says. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I'm a living example mm. of just starting. Wow. Of just putting one step in front of the other. Just keep going. Is it going to be tough? Of course. Hmm. But you just have to keep asking, keep knocking on doors. 
mm. keep for example you don't even know the number of requests i've sent out today like i've almost i've turned the hand of a lot of people today to say i need something and i asked this one he told me no i'll go and ask the other person wow. until one person eventually said oh yeah we are working on it mm. right like i just and the more you do it the better you build the muscle and it just be like okay like yeah it's just one of those things right mm. so i would say quality people surround yourself with quality people mm. and please for the love of god no matter how much how educated you are mm. you've listened to my story you've heard all of the things we've said if you don't believe it can happen for you it mm. won't mm. wow if you believe that you know what oh this guy has said all these things it sounds so easy it sounds like his life is everything is just working out for him mm. <laughs> yeah then you you don't even know mm. what you don't even know me mm. but you have to believe in yourself yeah the best person that will believe in you is you yeah you because we are all a lot of people we are all busy we are all thinking of ourselves worried about well we are human we are inherently inherently selfish yes that's the nature like i don't think anybody will wake up tomorrow morning and the first thing they will pray about is god Bless David. Mm-hmm. Was a nice guy. No. Yeah. You first think about God. Bless me today. What am I going to eat? <laughs> my food. You think anybody? No, it's the truth. So you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that it would work for you, yeah. even if when it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I remembered when I was when Steve Stephen Harper was the prime minister, and I would tell even Christians, church members, and say back then that. Even if they are given the last PR, they will give it to me. People will, laugh. Yeah. people will laugh. I tell people, I still told people last week, I said, do you know the guy standing in front of you is the most handsome guy in the world? They started laughing. <laughs> even even Papa is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but may I believe it? Yeah, I am the so, most handsome because... <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. No, don't worry. That's no... Because you know why? Because number one, I was created, I'm created in the image of God. Mm. Number two, I carry the characteristics of God. When God created me, he said, let let him have dominion, Mm. replenish the earth, subdue, multiply, and be fruitful. Those are the five things that are part of my DNA. Mm. And I, God, God, I'm I'm so handsome that even the Bible said I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, "Marvelous are your works," and that. So when they say marvelous is something, what does that mean? Marvelous, like you look at it and you are you are blown away. You're like, "Wow, that's who I am." Like when I show up, people are like, "Wow." Yeah. So you have to believe it because if you don't. Everything you've heard, you just be like, well, they've said it again. Thank you, David. Well, where can people find you to get more, to hear more of you, to support what you're doing and to just connect with you? Where can they find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn. (laughs) Just search for David Ojenka and Fresh Start Hub, www.thefreshstarthub.com. And if you're looking for 
someone that would actually that would go to the root of the matter mm. and help your audience mm. um you know with practical and real strategies and tips to help them navigate their journey or even succeed mm -hmm. i'm your guy so you can find me on fresh start hub and you can reach out to me on linkedin um I'm not really good on, on Instagram, but LinkedIn, okay, you can LinkedIn find is me. Efficient. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for your time, David. This has been thank you so exceptional, much. motivational, encouraging, and your story of resilience, I'm sure will resonate with so many people. So thank you for generously you. sharing. I appreciate thank your time. You. Thank you for thank saying you. yes to me and not being one of thank the most. <laughs> Right. thank you so much thank, thank you. you what a story that was i'm sure you've learned something from david's story he's such an inspirational person and a friend that i am so happy to have you know i love when my family members know awesome people and bring them to me this is a friend i acquired by my husband and he's just an incredible man um if you've listened to this so far to this point it means that you will enjoy content from me my name is fakwa nkwacha aka foxy and if you're listening on a podcast platform please leave us a rating or a review if you're here on youtube please subscribe we'd love to have the community grow and help our message reach even more people thank you for your comments thank you for your likes thank you for supporting and um, there's more videos like this where this came from further stories of resilience notes on love and relationships and um, there's always something to learn when you come here Thank you for being a part of the community. Thanks for watching today. Until next time, I'm Foxy. And don't forget to subscribe. Bye.